0: Hello, welcome to the Bullcast podcast. I'm Court Winsett, and with me today is Cameron Span. Hey guys, and it's just me, just me and Court, just Cameron. It's Span. It's the Span Man. Yes, today we are recording a very light, not light episode, but we're very lightly staffed. <laughs> I think this is the first time it's just been you and I, if we've ever done it just the two of us before. Uh, It has certainly been longer back than I can
1: remember. This is long overdue because I have done this with Katie you've done it with Katie. Sure. But this setup yeah, no. right here?
0: Yeah, it seems like the times that I've done it and been involved with it when the part of our group wasn't here, it's almost always been you because I tend to sit in your producer's chair and run the board and stuff when you're when you're not around. And I can't think of a time when, when we've ever had the opportunity to discuss anything and Katie hasn't been present. Um,
1: it's the man show today. Indeed.
0: Indeed. So Katie has just reached full capacity scheduling wise and can't be with us today uh but gave us her her stamp of approval to move forward with a relatively short episode I guess and um a funzy yeah and, and we're going to discuss we're going to do something a little bit differently than the way we normally do it because usually if we're going to discuss something like March Madness or you know Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other major event we usually discuss it prior to it happening and release the episode prior to it happening, but this time we're actually gonna discuss the Super Bowl. And specifically we're gonna talk about the ads in the Super Bowl. So really there's no way to do an episode about Super Bowl advertising if you don't wait and see the ads first, I guess.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting take. We're not necessarily discussing the specific ads in the Super Bowl that happened recently, but the power of advertising some of our favorite ads, which have most likely appeared in past Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it'll be a good conversation. Indeed, indeed. Um,
0: We do have a list of sorts to kick it off, and of course we're going to do our favorite Super Bowl ads of all time. You're going to do a few, I'm going to do a few, and... We're going to go from there.
1: Yeah. Our favorite ads that have kind of made a specific impact on us, Mm -hmm. if you will, whether that be purchasing power, like, ooh, I see that ad. I'm going to go out and get that thing. Or it just kind of touches your heart. It plucks the heartstrings. Well, why don't you kick it off? Sure. Mine's old, old old-ish. In 2003, and I know er all of our listeners have seen this or seen references to it, Apple released their famous iPod silhouette commercials. Do you remember those? I do, yes. It's the silhouette of the dancers. Back before we had wireless AirPods, it was these dancers and you could see the headphones dangling and it was just a silhouette in front of a colorful background and they would dance to the hottest tunes, the hottest new tunes, and it was simply to promote the iPod and to sell it. And that was my first foray into Apple. I realized for the first time that brands can be fun and in touch and play cool music. (laughs) And again, I was young at the time when these came out, but they had a good run for a few years. Indeed. Indeed. You said yours was old. Uh, I'm actually going to go a little bit older
0: because I kind of wanted to make the point up first that advertising, specifically as it relates to the Super Bowl, having ads that are strictly dedicated to the Super Bowl and having the bulk of the ads that the consumer sees while watching the Super Bowl be brand new ads that have never been seen before. That was a thing for a long time. A lot of times nowadays you can, they'll like pre-release the ads on YouTube or something so you can see them before they ever air on the Super Bowl. So they're trying to get the teaser ad out there um, before the Super Bowl. But there was obviously a time when really you would be seeing ads on the Super Bowl for the first time. But prior to that, uh, they used to just run ads during the Super Bowl, and uh, a lot of them were great. One of my favorite ads of all time had aired prior to the Super Bowl, but then uh, it aired during the Super Bowl as well. Back in 1979. Ooh, I wonder what this is. Yeah, that was the... Uh, you should not know it as soon as I say it. That was the, the Mean Joe Green ad. Hey, kid, catch. You.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay. You had so, to kind of explain it, and then I, it rings a bell. Mean Joe Green's not... He's, he's tired. He's walking down the tunnel. The kid's like, hey, Joe. And he's like, oh, what? The kid offers him a Coke. And so... Uh, after the kid offers him a coke, he he like drinks it and his spirits lift. And then he's like, "Hey, kid, catch!" And he throws the kid his jersey. I loved that commercial when I was a kid because it when it originally released, I was a kid. And it I was spoke like, to you. I could meet Mean Joe Green and give him a <laughs> coke. It would be amazing. So, like I said, that actually aired in like October the year prior to the Super Bowl. But then they put it on during the Super Bowl. And as, as far as I can recall, that's certainly the first time I remember seeing it was during that Super Bowl.
1: Uh, number two on my list is a Super Bowl-specific ad. I remember it premiered during it. And it, it's a Google ad um, advertising their Hey Google voice assistant services. Mm-hmm. And I believe the title of the commercial was called Loretta. This was in 2020. And it starts with a screenshot of the Google search engine. And you hear this elderly man come on. He's probably in his 90s with a shaky voice. And he says, how do I not forget? And then it brings up articles. And the next one he says in his soft, shaky voice. He sounds like a sweet man, like the old man from Up. Show me photos of me and Loretta. And then as a viewer, you're immediately like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be emotional. And it it pulls up these old-timey photos. And then he says, remember... Loretta loved scallops and it sets a reminder and it shows photos of them eating at a little restaurant in Maine Mm -hmm. and it says play our favorite movie and then Casablanca keeps playing and it is just highly emotional of him not wanting to forget his late wife and the power of Google and Hey Google services and how it can bring up pictures and set reminders and man what a powerful ad that was. I just remember my eyes got a little teary. It was awesome. Mm.
0: I'm playing old ad man to your fresher ads, but here is another one that you should appreciate, even if uh, even if it didn't cross your radar. It was actually aired, I think, sometime in December of 1983, so that it could qualify for like the whatever the advertising awards are. They wanted it to air in 1983 so it would, so it would qualify for the awards for that. I think communion.
1: I know where you're going by naming some years here. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, the famous Apple ad, mm. 1984, aired during the 1984 Super Bowl. And that, of course, is a classic reference to George Orwell's 1984 novel and uh, shows a, a big screen with a giant mean looking face on it and then shows somebody running toward the screen with a hammer and throws the hammer at the screen and crashes it. And then, of course, that was Apple's way of introducing their revolutionary at the time Macintosh computer. Yep. Um, there was no other computer that had an operating system like that. They would, they, it was, of course, a, a precursor to Windows and basically to everything everything that we do now as far as computing is concerned. Is It all sort of spun out from there. So fantastic ad, though.
1: Had that beautiful dystopian look, kind oh, of yeah. like Blade Runner. It yeah. was beautifully 1980s to the core. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Uh, next for me, I'm going to take us to, I would guess, the mid-2000s. But uh, there used to be fantasy football commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were short, 30-second commercials that would feature different players of that era and it would be home video-esque the way it was shot and it would just be trick shots like uh, a player punching through drywall to catch a football or a guy throwing a football 200 feet and two players are going to run it then he throws another football at the football he just threw and it splits into two and both players catch it just these wild impossible shots Mm -hmm. and at the end they would just say pick me and then the fantasy football logo would pop up. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of like the era of digital fantasy football really becoming popular. Yeah, Those ones stuck with me. Okay,
0: so I'm going to go with my next one is is actually kind of, uh, there's no way you can not just call it what it is, which is it was obnoxious, and it annoyed the heck out of people, but I loved it, and I, I probably adopted the catchphrase and used it far longer than I should have, and that would be the the Budweiser, was up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Classic.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, the final one on my list is, I'd say it's five to ten years old. It also aired during a Super Bowl, and it is a Ram commercial, the truck. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's called So God Made a Farmer. And it is narrated by Paul Harvey, rest in peace. And it is just pictures, beautifully shot black and white pictures of farmers on the ranch doing hard work, and it's just Paul Harvey narrating. It almost sounds biblical, like something from Genesis. He would say something like, God made a farmer strong enough to wrestle cattle, but yet gentle enough to hold a child. And he kind of goes through the, the beautiful attributes of cowboys, how hardworking they are, but how loyal they are. And that was the commercial. And that shows you the power that you don't have to say, look at our truck, look at our truck. It had nothing to do with trucks, really. Mm-hmm. It was the farmers, the people who use the trucks. Mm-hmm. And that commercial really stuck with me. Yeah, that approach to advertising is something
0: that we're actually going to have to discuss a little bit more because I'm sort of intrigued by just exactly how far do you go, especially when you're spending tons of money on an ad that's going to air in a 30-second spot during the Super Bowl and then possibly not ever air again. I mean, you know, it varies how often you see ads after they've aired in the Super Bowl. But how much do you want to put your brand forward during that ad? Are you doing something because you're just trying to make a splash, get an award, or are you actually doing it because you want to get your name out there and uh, and promote a product? Like, Budweiser is a well-known advertiser during during Super Bowls. And um, of course, their ads, they follow along two sort of parallel ways that they advertise during the Super Bowl. Some of them are silly, funny things like the Was up guys, or uh, the frogs that said Budweiser. Yep. Uh, Those were all originally Budweiser ads. And obviously it gets the name out there that Budweiser is all about that name, uh, that name recognition or whatever. But then they also have the Clydesdale ads. Yes. yes. And to be fair, even in the Clydesdale ads, they're promoting their product. Definitely. They're not trying to campaign for social change or anything like that. But their Clydesdale ads a lot of times tend to be a little bit more touching, a little bit more, you know, yeah. emotionally felt than than their silly ads. And one in particular, my last ad uh, that I wanted to mention was the one uh, – the ad's title was – and it was a Super Bowl ad. Uh, the ad's title was Puppy Love. Oh, yeah. And it oh, was, yeah. it was a, about a dog that grew from puppy to full dogdom uh, around a uh, Clydesdale and um, – their sort of relationship. And I don't think they must have shown probably the Budweiser wagon at the end of the episode, but the the majority of the episode, it's just a puppy playing with the Clydesdale. Sure, yeah. Everybody probably knew that it was a Budweiser ad because it had a Clydesdale in it, but still it wasn't really pushing the brand until the end.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Budweiser commercials and just, the, you know you have reached full mass awareness of your brand when you don't really have to mention your product Until the logo at the very end. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, on my short list, it's not on my full list here, but I have the, I don't know if you remember it, the Budweiser Clydesdale commercial right after 9-11, where it is um, just these shots of the Clydesdales kind of trotting through snow through upper New York. Catskills. Yeah, yeah, through the Catskills. Mm. And uh, they're making their way, and then they start entering city streets. And then they're sitting there with the Statue of Liberty in the distance, and you see where the Twin Towers were, just a skyline without them. Mm-hmm. And then the Clydesdales gently kneel, mm. paying respect. Yeah, And I thought that was a really classy ad. And I don't even know if Budweiser put their logo on it because it was just such a sensitive commercial, sensitive time for America. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. that was just their way of paying tribute without saying, drink Budweiser, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: recall watching that Super Bowl that immediately followed uh, 9-11, And, uh, of course, it had the Patriots in it, and it was uh, the Patriots, the first time they won, at least in my lifetime, the first time they won a Super Bowl. It always kind of seemed fitting to me that the Patriots were the ones that were in the Super Bowl that year. A lot of the ads struck a very
1: somber note that year, it seemed like. Um, Can I give her an honorable mention to something that almost made my list, and it may have almost made yours, was when the iPhone came out, their ad that was... There's an app for that. Mm-hmm. and that had a that had longevity. that was a few uh, years long when the when their app store came out and publishers could put their own apps in there. that was huge yeah. huge for the iPhone, and that's what really drew me to get the first iPhone. was that commercial?
0: I had actually read articles about the iPhone before I saw that ad, but definitely to this day, I still say there's an app there's for an that. app for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that is the list. Cameron, I know you and I
1: both have have joked about being basically slaves to marketing. Slaves, yes. (laughs) I am a marketer's dream. Mm -hmm. Any new product, any new energy drink, or whatever it may be, I see a commercial, I'm like, yep, I'm going to go out and get that immediately. Yeah. The thing is...
0: I do have to be told what product I'm being marketed. I mean, if you want me to buy it, even if I think the concept is funny, it's, if it's offbeat, it can be off kilter. But still, if I don't know what you're advertising, then I'm not going to go search out, like, what was this ad about? Who was this? Who are they trying to promote? So that I can go buy their product. You, it's got to yeah. be something that is compelling, but also that tells me what the, what the product
1: is. And I know on a few occasions on this show, you've mentioned how you're a slave to Facebook advertising. Mm-hmm. Something like Amazon ads on Facebook. right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that has a scary element to it because I've got Facebook
0: giving me ads that you can tell Facebook knows what I'm interested in. And Facebook has obviously from from my shopping around on the Internet or whatever, they have paid attention to what I have. But then within that ad, I've got an ad for Amazon and they're showing me stuff that they know I'm interested in. And so I end up like I these are very, very specially targeted ads that are that almost feel like they're specifically for me. I mean, I can be sitting there looking at Facebook and be like, oh, I need to buy that. And, and you know, I wasn't even looking for it five minutes before I opened up Facebook. But then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, wow, that's cool. I've got to have that right now.
1: And click. Boom. (laughs) for our listeners, if you want to learn more about that Facebook advertising, go listen to our cookies episode from a few weeks ago, which Mm. dives deeply into that topic. I've got just a couple interesting bullet points related to how much it costs to advertise for the Super Bowl. You want to hear them? Mm, Absolutely. Perfect. In 2015, for a 30 second spot, just 30 seconds. You want to take a guess at how much that cost? I'm going to say $6 $4.25 Oh, wow. And for the average listener, they're like, whoa, that's so much money for 30 seconds. But think about all the eyes on your ad. Mm-hmm. And then this past Super Bowl in 2024, for a 30-second spot, $7 million. Yeah, 30
0: seconds, $7 million. But – Super Bowl, usually one of the highest viewed events uh, every year globally. I mean, it is watched all over the world and you're talking consistently over 100 million viewers. So you're getting to a lot of eyeballs with this. And there's nothing, there's nothing that is broadcast on television now that hits those kind of numbers anymore.
1: No way. And I would wager a lot of money that a big chunk of Super Bowl viewers are not so much there to watch the game because a lot of people's teams aren't playing in that game. Mm-hmm. They're there for the commercials. Super yeah. Bowl has become known for amazing commercials. Mm-hmm. And you wait with bated breath on the newest movie trailers or commercials that you're, you're kind of hearing some buzz about. So that's why it's so expensive. And for instance, Kanye West, Crazy Kanye, um, he spent $0 on a 30 second spot. It was literally a selfie video of him, I think, talking about his newest album coming up, just a rant for 30 seconds. But he spent $7 million to air it. Mm. That's,
0: that's just—I that. I mean, I was going to say that's insane, but, you know, I want to be sensitive of Kanye because he, he is actually—he's got some— He's, he's got, got, got some, some demons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Kanye spends $7 million just for the spot, just for the the place to put his ad, and then spends nothing on the ad, but gives us some of his— his uh, ramblings, but still, we're talking about $7 million for 30 seconds, 30 seconds mm. of ad time. What is your average ad break? Um, two you know, minutes. I'm guessing two minutes, yeah. So maybe four ads per. Ad break, that's $28 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that is a startling amount (laughs) of
1: money. Startling.
0: (laughs) That is a startling amount of money that's generated just in two minutes.
1: Yeah, I think this is interesting. Just kind of an umbrella stat here. Television remains a leading source of news and entertainment throughout the United States. Even though the Internet has long overtaken TV as the most invested in advertising medium in the U.S., companies of all sizes still count on the power of linear television for marketing purposes. To me, that makes sense, because I know you speak
0: to how it is measured on the Internet, uh, because... I'm sure they have they have really uh, come a long way in terms of how they can measure ad impact on the internet because all I really am aware of is click through ads and stuff like that and I know they can measure those sorts of things how many clicks something gets and
1: yeah yeah I mean Facebook alone they have their own like control center, Mm -hmm. if you have your own page, where you can measure everything from a view to impressions to click-throughs to how many seconds people watch one of your videos. So for the stat heads out there, I mean, Facebook alone is amazing. Mm. I was just amazed by the stat because we live in a streaming world. Mm -hmm. And so I I feel like commercials would have gone... The way yeah. of the dodo. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I was going to speak to. I was going to let you
0: say like, okay, here, obviously you're the expert as far as internet advertising. But the one thing that a lot of probably TV execs are still sort of focused on is that idea of the TV rating. You know, TV stations certainly want to push that they still, mm-hmm. they still have a measurable uh audience and they- I'm can, not dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so they can, they can break it down by age bracket, who's seeing it. This show reaches this audience and whatnot. And I think also, although again, I'm I'm kind of just spitballing here. The advertising game. I think your ad people probably still think of TV ads as the gold standard. What is it? The Clios? Is that the award for advertising? Oh, they've got so many different ones. I'm just thinking, like, what is the biggest ad? What's award like the, the Oscars? Yeah, of ad, yeah. And I'm betting it it goes to somebody who makes a TV ad. Sure. You know. Uh, who, who, whatever that biggest ad is, uh, uh, b- biggest ad award is, I'm, I'm betting they're not giving it to somebody who did a print media ad. <laughs> so my point is, advertising on television is probably driven by the TV people who still rely on ad revenue uh, to to keep afloat, especially your major broadcast stations and so forth. But even they are shifting over to streaming. So I, I wonder if another big push for keeping television ads relevant isn't the actual advertising community because it's in their interests to keep creating these ads.
1: I did a little bit of Googling here and the like Oscars of, of ads is the Cannes Lions. Hmm. I guess that's how you pronounce it, kind of like the film festival. How would you pronounce that? C-A-N-N-E-S? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's the world's highest-ranking awards for advertising and marketing campaigns since 1954. Hmm. The more you know. This is interesting. In 2024, this year, video ad spending is projected to reach over $191 billion and more than $240 billion by 2028. So it's not shrinking. It's not shrinking. Video ads are not a sh- not a shrinking
0: market. That just goes to show you that the stuff that, like you said, when I get advertised something on Facebook, I'm very quick to respond to it. Uh, you know, if if it if it piques my interest, I'm right there to be able to just click on the ad and shop buy whatever. So the response time to that sort of ad is way more immediate. But I think in terms of overall sort of impact that an ad can have on a person and the impression that it can make on your overall, I don't want to get too poetic here, but your overall psyche. I think that that is still, again, I keep going back to the, you know, they're still pushing the television, the video ads, because that is the way to, uh, to most effectively communicate to someone.
1: I wonder if these stats include streaming services because, you know, for the non-paid Hulu version or the lower tier, you still get ads. Oh yeah. And you know, we have I know we've discussed it on this podcast
0: before, but all of the streamers are pretty much moving to an ad-based model.
1: Um, They've got yeah. to make money somehow, even yeah. though it drives me bananas. It drives me absolutely crazy. YouTube is the worst. When an ad comes on, I look away to spite them. I was like, I will not give you my eyes on your ad.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, for a long time, Netflix was clearly raising their non-ad-based membership model, raising the price of it to make it practically prohibitive to use the non-ad-based, but I was so used to watching Netflix and not having ads interrupt what I was watching on Netflix that I just did not want to switch to ad-based, even though it was going to save me significant money Mm -hmm. per month. But when they hit, like, I don't even know what what price point they're at now, but they raised their rates again for that premium non-advertising membership. And I was just like, fine, fine, you win. I don't watch you that much anyway so I'm going to I'm going to drop down from uh f- the four person premier membership no ads down to the two person only and
1: show me all the ads you want and I just won't watch your garbage anymore. Streaming overlords have won once again. Yes, indeed. I know this is just kind of a high-level fun episode, but it's interesting for me as a branding guy because here at Pickler, we don't do traditional advertising. Mm. We don't do TV commercials, billboards and no. Our, our listeners are probably like, well, then how are you employed as the branding guy? We take more of like a branding awareness approach mm-hmm. in the community. Yeah. You know, getting our name out there. and It's not the be-all end-all, but I think that's more powerful than your typical like trying to reel people in with a newspaper ad or something like that.
0: Yeah. Our model is based around the idea of pleasing our clients, keeping our clients happy. If our clients are happy, they'll tell other people about us. Other people will come in and they'll start using us. And then we just do it all over again. And that, my friend, is
1: called the retain, refer, replicate model that we (laughs) created here. And... Don't get me wrong. I mean, we pump out some content here, our marketing department. I mean, everything from podcasts that you're listening to, Mm. to, to video, to social, to blogs, to white papers. I mean, I think we could go toe to toe with the big boys on how much content we put out. Yeah. Um, And I think it's important. No question. Some of the awards, for instance, that we have been nominated for in
0: the past in the recent past we are up there with our you know our nomination is happening right alongside some of the 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 largest firms in the country so you know we're doing something right as far as the content that we generate but I think that there at least somebody out there who tracks these kinds of statistics is thinking of every type of possible ad that there is and that would include even the content that we generate because it says people see and this blows my mind People see roughly 5,000 ads per day, and there are 5.3 trillion display ads shown online every year. 5,000 ads per day. And when it says people see roughly, am I to understand that they mean a single individual sees 5,000 ads per day? Because 5,000 would seem kind of low if they just meant Broad based
1: You see people. a Mountain Dew logo on something you're drinking. Does that an count ad. as an ad? Yeah, that, I yeah, think that's that what they're sense. thinking.
0: Yeah. You know, and so in in that sense, anytime you see the the Pickler P somewhere, yeah. that's an ad. But branding. We don't advertise in the sense that we don't do commercials. We don't do radio ads. We don't do print ads. Stuff like that. We don't advertise in the newspaper.
1: Yeah, and that's why the Super Bowl ads are so expensive. That stat right there, because you're focused in on one thing, mm-hmm. and they're not. 5,000 ads during the Super Bowl. How yeah. many would you say there would be total as far as commercials go? hundred? Maybe a hundred. Maybe a hundred? Yeah. I have in the
0: past sat down and seen a YouTube compilation. These are all the ads that showed during the Super Bowl in whatever year. And you can literally sit down and watch all of the
1: 30-second ads in a relatively short yeah. period. So maybe oh. 75 to 100 yeah. commercials. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you've got that captive audience and you are paying for it. So to wrap up this episode, Mm -hmm. our listeners probably don't have $7 million to spend on a Super Bowl ad, but this is more about being aware that, you know, there's a lot that goes into these commercials and people are paying a lot of money for you to see them. How else would you sum up this episode? You mean, how would I bullseye
0: the episode? Bullseye. Mainly, we just wanted to talk about advertising because, uh, you know, we just saw the Super Bowl. We just saw a bunch of ads and we're both slaves to ads. Yeah. But to summarize, if you think about how people are trying to market their uh, their service, their goods or their services to you, um, every little thing that people do to get themselves in front of you, it's really astounding the amount of money and the amount of effort that is put into just getting your name in front of a person, just having their eyeballs on your name alone. And then when you combine that with all of the other types and kinds and sources and feeds for advertising that are out there, you know, I read a lot of news articles on the internet, but I have certain websites that I have basically in my mind at least blacklisted. I won't click on a link to a certain website because
1: they have no way for you to read the article except to click 50,000 times yep drives me crazy listeners you are just a pawn on the advertising chessboard mm. you're a cog in the machine and on that positive note
0: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <phone rings> and there's the closing bell you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast podcast if you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Court Kim, Katie, or Nicole, then please feel free to go to our website. That website address is bullcastpodcast.com. You can leave a comment if you want or suggest a topic you'd like to hear us talk about and we will certainly take it into consideration. If you like pictures, we do have an Instagram account. That handle is at bullcastpodcast and we also have an X account. And that handle is also at Bullcast Podcast. We have a Facebook page that is Bullcast The Podcast. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for, Cameron and I, we work at a little place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. We work there along with Katie, Nicole, and many, many other people. And if you would like to find out more about what we do, find out about our amazing team, all those many, many people, or find out about our boss, David Pickler then please feel free to go to that website. That website is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with a no, Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I have given you everything you need to go forth and be advertised to. So for now, <laughs> I'm Court. I'm Cam. And we're done.